0: Welcome to the Creekwood Church podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a 3-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com/growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy.
1: Good evening, Creekwood. How's everybody doing? Okay, that's about half of you. If you've ever been here when I've spoke, I'm not going to let you get away with that. How's everyone doing tonight? Okay, hey, even if today was bad, man, you're in church, 4 o'clock on Saturday. It has just gotten better. And boy, we got a good rest of the service in store for you today. Um, And we are starting a brand new series today that we're going to be running over the next few weeks. That is called One Another And in this year, 2020, Pastor Stephen has really challenged us um, in a couple of things. One, that this is a year that we, he really is believing, are going to go beyond in every single area of our life. And not only that, we started the year with this series called Breakthrough. Because what we know what, is that we have to put God first in our life. Right, we got to put God first in our life. And if we do that, and if we pursue more of him, everything else in our life has this way of falling in line between and behind and around that pursuit of God. And so as we get into this series uh, today called One Another, we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, one another. We're going to be talking about the people that are in our lives. We're going to be talking about the people that we interact with, Every single day, because let's be for real, that's life, right? When you think about this, when you think about your coworkers, when you think about your family members, your kids, maybe your parents, whatever stage of life that finds you at, those people, how we interact with those people has a way of doing one of two things. It can hold you where you are today, or it can propel you into more of God and into a future that is God's best for your life. And that's what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be getting into and unpacking this idea of how do we interact with the people around us to get to God's best in our life. And and these things that we're gonna be talking about, they're not necessarily all commandments, right? They're not do's and don'ts, thou shalt nots, and these types of things. But what they are is they're a roadmap to the best relationships that you can possibly have in your life. And I don't know about you, but I don't want just relationships and friendships with people in my life. I want ones that God blesses, and I want people in my life that push me towards God and towards the absolute best things that God has for me in my life. And so I kind of want you to think about this, and I want to start off with this question today. When you think about relationships, what are the most important relationships in your life? Right? What in your life would you say— Man, this is like the most important thing for me. And I think a lot of us, okay, let's just be for real, we're in church, would go, okay, well, my answer to that is God is my most important relationship in my life. And you would actually be right. We start to see this idea unpacked a little bit in Mark chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Mark chapter 12. And I want us to begin to set the stage in verse 28 of Mark chapter 12, for what we're going to be talking about here for the next several weeks. Mark 12, verse 28 says this. It says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. So the teachers of the law, these religious leaders in Jesus, had been debating. They had been going back and forth. They had been really trying to trap Jesus in an answer and kind of get him in trouble. And it goes on to say, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer about what he had just been talking about before this, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus answers, the most important one is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Goes on in verse 30, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Right? In our life, our relationship with God, loving God, serving Him, has got to be first in our life. That's why we started off with the series "Breakthrough," and talking about breaking through the spiritual strongholds in our life, putting God first. Um, Matthew or Michael talked about it and all the prayer cards that were across the stage for 21 days of prayer. But then it goes on, And it goes on in verse 31, and this is where the idea of this series really comes in. Mark 12 31, the second thing that we need to do is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these, right? This religious leader asked Jesus, he says, man, what is the greatest commandment? What is the thing that we should strive for in our life? And he answers Jesus, or Jesus answers them and says, hey, you got to love God, you got to serve God, but then you got to love God and you got to serve people. And this idea doesn't just come out in this scripture, it runs all throughout what we see in the Bible. This idea of when we love God and when we love people and we run our interactions through that filter, it has a way of transforming the way we interact with people in our life, the way they interact with us and what happens to us when we fully engage in what I would call God-centered friendship relationship in our lives. So do this. Think about the people in your life. Think about your spouse. Think about your coworker. Think about your neighbors, your close friends. Think about all of those people. And you know, what I saw during 21 days of prayer, and I actually have a picture of all the prayer cards, or a lot of them that were laid out across this stage. Hundreds upon hundreds of prayer cards. So many that to let people reach them, they were stacked up You can see it in the picture. And we had a table on either side covered in prayer cards. And it was people that were crying out to God, asking for God to do something in their life. And I would dare say about 95, maybe even I would go to 100% of them, have to do with relationships. Because if it was about a child that was far from God or it was about a future child that isn't yet born or whether it was about finances, and how God helped me with my boss, help me with my coworkers, help me with forgiving someone for something that was done for me. I mean, I could go on and I could go on and I could go on. It was cries out that all tie back to relationship with each other and how we interact with the people that are around us. And time and time again, as I'm sitting there and as I'm reading over those cards, my prayer was God bring someone into their life that can speak into their life. God brings someone into their life that can speak into this, that can tell them that there's a tomorrow. God brings someone into their life that can remind them that what they're experiencing now is just right now, and you have an amazing future ahead of them. And so, when we walk off of 21 days of prayer and we get into this series, we're going to give you a lot of really tangible things that you can walk away with. But what I want to submit to you today is this: is that God has not called you to walk through the challenges. And the success is both the highs and the lows of life on your own, right? We say this here at Creekwood. We say our mission is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's leading you, leading me every single day to become more of a fully devoted follower of Christ. And the reality is it can never happen on your own. It just can't. If all you do is come in and sit in this room, you will miss out on that piece because you can absolutely cannot do it on your own. And you know, we see this theme, as I mentioned, runs all throughout scripture. I wanna show you a couple more scriptures today and some, some ideas in the Bible about how this comes in. And we're gonna be really unpacking a lot of these over the next several weeks. But the first one is Proverbs twenty seven seventeen It says this, may have heard this before, if you've been in church, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It's this idea that the people in our life have a way of sharpening us, of impacting us, of molding our life. You know, I grew up in a family that loved to be outdoors and hunted and fished and all of this. And and I remember learning at a young age how to sharpen a knife or how to sharpen an ax. And when you sharpen that ax, you take a file and you work it against the blade and that's metal on metal begins to sharpen it. And the scripture goes, you know what? In life, it's the same way. Do you have people in your life that are sharpening your life. We know this if you've ever done any sort of manual labor, which I would dare say is most of us in this room. If you figured out how to get through life without doing any manual labor, come let me know after service. Tell me your secret. <laughs> but is this verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, says this. Two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. It goes on to say, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one person keep warm alone? If any of you are married and your wife is really, really, really warm natured, you know exactly what this means. (laughs) Verse 12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And I could sit here and we could look at scripture after scripture after scripture about the power of others, about why people are important and all of that. But what I want you to do is is this. I guess we'll call this a self-assessment. Nobody else, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. You don't have to tell anybody else this. But I want you to think about you. Think about the people that you have in your life. Think about who you every single day or at least week in, week out are interacting with. And I want you to answer these questions just to yourself. First one is this, who's there to remind you that there is a tomorrow, right? When it seems like the unexpected happens, who's telling you, hey, you know what, tomorrow's gonna come, and what you're walking through today doesn't define your tomorrow. Who do you have in life, and this one's a little funny, but to to laugh and say stupid jokes to? And, And not just the little giggle laugh, you know what I'm talking about, like where somebody gives you the giggle laugh, like the pity laugh, No, no, no. I'm talking about the side where when you're done hanging out with those people, your cheeks hurt to where you can't smile and the next day your sides are sore, right? I'm talking like that. Who do you have in your life that you can laugh with like that? Who in your life can speak into your life that's in a position to tell you what you are currently doing may or may not be God's best for you? And lastly, Who's there to tell you that God has a plan for your future and to remind you of that even when it doesn't feel like it? And I think if we're really honest with each other, and I think if we begin to kind of have some conversation, and, you know, we did what everybody fears, and we broke out in these little groups of two or three all over the room, right? And we begin to do that. I think what we would find is that a lot of us are pretty, pretty bad in this area, especially if we get outside of our significant other in life. Right, when we get into people in our life that can actually do those things. One of our driving values here at Creekwood has been that we do life together since the very beginning. That life change happens best in relationship because we believe in this so, so strongly. I've seen it happen in my life and I've seen it happen in countless other people's lives. Because here's the reality. To go where God wants to take you, you've got to find your people to go where God wants to take you in life, to accomplish the things that he's given you to accomplish in life, you have to find your people. And at Creekwood, the way that we have set up to do that is through life groups, right? You may come up to me and you may go, Kendall, I've got this amazing group of Christian friends that I've known for years and years and years, and I've got some of those. The problem with those people is those, I can think of really three guys in my life, maybe four, I would say four guys in my life. My problem is they all live in different states, Right? Who knows your every day that can speak into that? Who knows the way you're walking through life? And I could sit here and I could talk about this as a pastor at Creekwood. And, and I could talk about the who and the why and, and the script Bible verses about it and all of that. But what I want to do for the remainder of our time today is I want to share you, with you a little bit of the story of my life group. Um, about a year and a half ago, my wife and I got involved in a couples' life group that was brand new, hadn't been going before. Um, we went onto the directory and signed it up, signed up cold turkey, uh, because that night worked in our schedule. We did not know the people who led it. Like I'd kind of, I think maybe met them come met, met them coming through the foyer, but I didn't know them more than that. And we engaged in this life group, and. The experience that we had was a little bit challenging at the beginning because let's be for real, coming in with a group of people that you don't really know everyone, it, it's, that's, that's a vulnerable atmosphere and a vulnerable state to be in. But let me tell you what has happened and what has come from that has been in a, a level of accountability, a level of, of friendship, of laughter, of, hey, I'm walking through this, can you guys be praying for this? all week long, every single day, sometimes to the point that I wanna delete the group me app for just a little while. That's all of our life group laughing, by the way. But the level of connection and commitment and accountability that has come from that has been crazy. I wanna show you a picture of our life group. These are the people I love so very much. This is us at our crazy Christmas party. But I want you to look at something about this life group. Look at the difference in type of people Look at the difference in age range in this group. There are people in there that are a little bit younger than me. There are people in there that don't have kids, that just had their first, that have teenagers, that have kids out of the house. I mean, everywhere in between. It's a couple's life group, so everybody is like a couple there. But beyond that, all different areas and stages of life. And we're going to get into this in just a minute, a little bit more. But I think what happens is I think so many people when it comes to life groups, they look at a group and maybe they try it out one time and they go, oh, those people, they're just not my people. I don't know about them. And I'm going to be honest, there was a little bit of that at the very beginning of this group. But what has grown, and you're going to hear about it more in a minute, um, has has transformed my wife and my life. Um, And, you know, when I talk about laughing and I talk about joking and I talk about the fun to be had. So you saw the picture of us at the Christmas party. And on that Christmas party, we did a gift exchange. And on that gift exchange, there was this really, really creepy little elf that was gifted. We have a picture of him. And don't get too scared, okay? So this is him. He's scary, all right? But here's the funny part. One of the, um, let's see, how do I phrase this? Exciting individuals in our life group, decided to start this challenge. It is called the You've Been Elfed Challenge. And between our Christmas party and Christmas Eve, the challenge was this, is that it had to get dropped off secretly from house to house and that whoever ended up with it on Christmas Eve got stuck with him for a whole year. Yes, he got to grace your house for a whole year. And talk about the laughter. I actually have a video of this elf getting dropped off at our house. Would you guys play that real quick? (laughs) Somebody dressed up. I'm not going to say who this is. But somebody dressed up. They come in. They start this. So now what we've got is in the middle of the craziness of the holidays, we have this elf and we're laughing and we're going on as it's floating around from house to house to house. But then not only that, not only that, Candyland build comes up and Christmas services come up. And this elf is showing up randomly in people's cars when they get into their car. It's showing up on, their, on their, their house. Here we are in the middle of a service and people from our life group are going and we're taking and we're dropping this off on people's cars in the parking lot. When you guys were in here in the middle of a service. Right? This is the craziness and the fun that we've been having even up to Christmas services are done, right? Christmas services are totally done. We're on our way to my in-laws' house for Christmas about 10:30 on Christmas Eve. Right? You need to be at home with family. What are people in our life group doing? They're running around still dropping this dang elf off <laughs> over and over. Check this can't picture of a couple camoed out. I'm dead serious. Ready to go to get this elf dropped off at these Christmas services, right? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Now, I could sit here, like I said, and I could share with you, but what I want to do is I actually want to invite my life group leaders on stage, and I want them to share part of their story with you. Um, Would you guys give a warm Creekwood welcome to Karen and Tony Dotson? So, first off, thank you guys so much for, for being willing to share. This is not I'm just going to be honest, this is not an easy atmosphere to be able to share. Anybody coming on stage, it's an intimidating thing. And so I really thank you guys for doing that. Um, But let me start off with this. Would you introduce us to your family? Give us a little bit of framework about who you guys are.
2: All right. I think there's a picture showing our crew here. You know, they're not quite rugrats any longer. Um, Matthew 17, a senior, about to embark on his next Phase of life, and so that's another whole challenge for parents as well. And uh, dynamic duo, Jacob and Zachary, they're freshmen. Yes, that's Uh, twins, by the way. And then the little one would argue he's the same age as the twins, but he's a fifth grader, Aaron. Yeah.
0: And now that you have all done the math and realized that I am the only girl in a house full of five boys, and if you also include the dog, that's six, you can add me to your prayer list.
1: Yes, definitely. And there's a lot of prayers based around that idea that come out for our life group. Karen,
0: D-O-T-S-O-N.
1: <laughs> so tell me this. How long have you guys been coming to Creekwood?
2: Well, when you count the time my wife was church cheating on me, it's been about two and a half years. <laughs> I, I'm involved with the scouts, and so I would go out camping with the boys and I learned later that she was church hopping. I actually, just came here and visited uh, without me. And
0: sounds uh, bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no <it's>,
0: cheating.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that does sound bad, but you know it's okay. You guys are here, so we love you for that. I'm really happy you guys came here and started your life group. Um, why? Speaking of that, why did you guys decide to start a life group?
0: Well, it wasn't because we felt um, like we were leaders, and it wasn't because we felt equipped to do it um, in any special way. It was really out of necessity. Right. Um, we went on when, when they launched life groups, and, and it, would, it took us a while to to figure out that that's what we wanted to do, but we wholeheartedly believe in what Creekwood believes and that, that life happens outside of these doors. Um, so we logged on and we looked for a life group to join. We wanted somebody else to be in charge. Um, so we weren't looking to lead anything, but... There wasn't anything available for us that would fit within our schedule because we, with four kids, you're kind of busy. Um, so I looked at him and said, well, I guess we're going to have to do this. Like, we're going to have to start one if we're really going to make this happen um, and connect with people. And so we started a life group.
1: Yeah, and, you know, what's, what I hear a lot from people is that you know, their, their schedule's busy, right, and maybe they can't fit it in. And I, I, love th- I love that you guys did that because the night you chose really worked for us. But, I mean, you guys got four boys. Uh, what they didn't say is Tony travels almost every week, uh, and so he's flying all over the country for work. And so you've got all of that going on. And so when you kind of come down to it, and you mentioned your boys are really involved in scouts, Um, You guys, I mean, you're really the definition of busy. I mean, it it does. It really amazes me because my wife and I, we don't have kids yet, and we're busy. And if you guys kind of feel like you're busy, and then I talk to you guys, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't even know why I say I'm busy. But why have you in your life, with all that busyness, why have you prioritized life groups so much?
2: Well, I think it goes back to the time of us getting involved in Creekwood And just understanding it's the core culture here and and learning, you know, that's what God intended for church to be is that fellowship of people, not the, not the building, not coming and worship. That's all part of being in the family, but uh, really just that connection with others is what a church is all about. And so as we were looking at, all right, what are we going to do? So we, we started a group and just the, just the blessing that we've gotten, just seeing how strangers have come together of all walks of life and have been able to support each other, the, the fellowship and, the, and accountability, as you mentioned, and, and just seeing the miracles and the breakthroughs that have come through the lives of those in our group. It's just made it something you're excited about. It's just, you know, you want to be a part of it, you know, waiting for that next group, group me thread to start, you know, about <laughs> whatever it is. And uh, it's just, you know, being a family.
1: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, I would echo that 100% because that's what we've experienced. Um, kind of go into a little bit personally, maybe not why you guys led, but what, um, what have you both found in your life group?
0: Me first. Yeah. Me first, okay. Um, the biggest picture, the biggest takeaway from this is honestly a closer relationship with Christ. Because the people in my life group, they're the hands and feet, mm-hmm. you know? They're like the ones who celebrate my highs with me. All those, those moments that I'm excited about, they're right there along with me. And they're the ones who help me through the lows. Um, and unfortunately, you know, that's, that's just part of life. God never says things are gonna be easy. He actually promises things are gonna be tough. And so you need people around you um, and that's kind of was our hope. And when we, when we hit send on, um, you know, okay, we're going to lead. <laughs> um, he looked at me and he said, what if nobody comes?
3: <laughs> and I was
0: like, great. Now you, this is not the time to say that. Um, but I immediately began, I said, well, I guess that's something we should pray for. You know, mm-hmm. let this, let God bring whoever needs to be here, here. And let's just put our trust in him and not try to, control the situation or try to be in charge of who's coming. Let's just let God bring the people. And then um, the other thing that I did was I reached out to another life group leader and I said, would you ask your life group to pray for our life group? Because I don't know who's going to come, but I want it to be whoever God wants to be here. And I want them to get a, as much out of it as they possibly can, because we literally had no idea what we were doing. Like, honestly, our first life group was how to build a life group. We watched a video on how to build a life group. Um, But it worked, and, you know, 12 couples, 24 strangers, came into a room, and we started to learn how to live life together as family, if you will. And um, so I've walked out of here with a closer relationship with Christ, but... Not because I'm more deeply in the word and not because I'm um, just here more, but because the people in my life are breathing life into me. So they're they're breathing Christ into me. And that's that's just been the biggest takeaway from a life group.
1: Yeah, for sure. You have more to add to that? Yeah. um, One of the things that
2: uh, really... Stuck with me recently. I uh, was here on the 21 days of prayer, and it was just a, a stage of, as he showed a picture of, of all these prayer requests. And, and uh, as I was praying over that, one of my, the things that came to me is, you know, the prayer is, I hope these people can all find a life group where they can have that community, that support group, the people that's going to pray over them, where they're hurting and the needs, and and they have you know i'm sure there's 10 times more unspoken prayer requests yeah. than the ones that the uh, folks had the courage to put down on the paper and uh so that that's my prayer and and, and i was sitting there feeling this need god calling you know you need to tell others yeah, they're missing out by not being a part of a life group. And as I was trying to muster up the courage to volunteer that to, to Kendall, he's going around and he's already tapped Karen on the shoulder and asked her <laughs> if we would come and speak today. And, yeah. and so it's just God's way of just using imperfect people to do His word, His work. And because uh, we're no by no means professional life group leaders, you know, we're winging this thing. We're learning as we go and uh and if you have any calling feeling to to lead a group, jump out there and do it, because God is wanting to use you to minister to a group. He'll bring a, a group together, you may not know anybody that shows up, but they're there for a reason, and that was so evident to see in how our group yes. came together and formed and, and just connected in a family. It really is a family.
1: yeah. No, it really is. I can't echo that enough. And kind of just to wrap up, what would you guys say to people here that maybe aren't connected in a life group? How would you encourage them? Because it is, it's, it's, let's just be for real. It's, it's an intimidating thing. You guys open up your house to complete strangers. For someone that's walking in that doesn't know people there, it's a little bit of a challenge. But what would you say to them about, hey, why should they get connected in a life group?
0: I personally feel like, we can't, we're not going to get everything that we need when we come and we listen to a sermon or something like that. It's, relationships happen um, when you're face-to-face. So social media is great, but it's really not true connection. And authenticity happens when, when you're sitting across from somebody. Um, so we had to create space. Sunday was really our only family day because of his work schedule. And Sunday night is our life group. And we had to say, okay, well, we're going to give up some of that, that family time to create more family, yeah. to make room for more in our lives. And we've gotten more out of this than we even put into it. And it's because we're building authentic relationships with people that are across the table from us, not across the screen from us. And I just want to say, if, if you have a, if something's pulling on you, Um, if you're feeling that God's pushing you to try something new and you're in that uncomfortable space, this is where God works is in that uncomfortable space. And he says, go for it, try it. And I'm going to, I'm going to bless you more than you thought that you could be blessed. But also that, you know, it's, it may not be right on the first time or something like that, but give it a go because we, like Kendall said, I mean, we had 24 strangers come into our house and we, we were, you know, just wondering if anybody was going to come at all. And, um, but God moved yep. and he created some incredible relationships that I cannot imagine not having in my life now.
2: And it's just taken my spiritual journey and, and growth just to a, another level, just being surrounded by other Christians that you just see God's work in their lives. You just can see him. And it's just strengthened my own personal walk with Christ. And, uh, you know, I just pray for you that if you aren't connected into a group, you're missing out on just that blessing that can come from that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, can we give them a hand? Thank you guys so much for sharing um, a little bit of your story. And we so, we so appreciate it. And, and you know, something that they said that I just kind of want to kind of point out for just a minute. She talked about the authenticity that comes when you're sitting across from someone. You know, a phrase we've used before is that circles um, are better than rows because this is great, right? And we can challenge you and we can give you things to apply in your life in this setting. But when you can get in a circle around somebody, there's an authenticity that comes from that that you will never find. You weren't designed to find it here. You never were. Um, And one one more thing I actually want to do today is I've got one more couple that I want to have come up um, and share a little bit of a different story with us. Would you guys welcome Rob and Elizabeth to the stage? Um, This is another couple from our life group. And so a little bit different story because they aren't the leaders, so they don't have anything on the line with what they're going to share. And they're not a pastor here, so, you know, if they say something really bad, then, hey, you can just take it with a grain of salt. But... Um, would you guys introduce us to your
4: family? Yeah. So as Kendall mentioned, I'm Robert. Um, this is my wife Elizabeth, and I think we've got a picture of our little gremlin. I mean, our son. Um, <laughs> no, that's Rhett, and he's he's really great. Um, he's just turned a year old, so we're new parents. A lot of a lot of new, a lot of first for us here in the last uh, year and a half after we joined our life group. Yeah,
1: definitely. How long have you guys been coming
4: to Creekwood? Well, what, it's funny because. Uh, before we joined our life group, if you asked Elizabeth or myself, we'd, we'd probably answer something different. We kind of <laughs> church hopped for a couple years, um, you know, and and really were kind of hit or miss here at Creekwood. We'd come, um, we kind of sprinkled in trying to serve here and there, and then we'd we'd hop to another church. But really about a year and a half, closer to getting to two years now, when we joined our life group, um, it's been about two years. That, that's mm-hmm. when we really... So that we got plugged in, and we've been calling Creekwood home for about two years.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite things about their little boy was we were all in life group, and we were sitting around doing this study, serious moment. They give him a bottle, and he, like, trust falls out the minute you give him a bottle. And so you, they have to be careful where they give it to him, because no joke, like, takes the bottle, just boom, wherever he's at, just down. Um, and so on the couch, on top of people that, like, aren't his parents all the time. It's great. Um why did you guys, going back to life groups, why did you guys look to get involved in a life group?
3: So I grew up with, a fa- with my family very involved in a life group for, for seven years. Um, I will say I was in college, but they were very much involved in my little brother's lives. They were involved when I came home. Um, they were there for me when my dad passed away. In fact, they were in the hospital room when my dad died, which seems really strange, right, to have a bunch of people in the room. There were probably 20 people in there. Um, but they were my family, so we didn't think anything of it. Um, so I always knew it was important to us. Yeah. And when Creekwood started talking about life groups, I knew that was the one thing that we needed to do. And so I kept telling Rob, we have to join a life group. We have to. We have to. And so, you know, just talking about it. And I'm on my way to work one day, and I had been praying. And Rob calls me out of the blue. He's like, I need to talk to you. I was like, what do you need to talk to me about? I'm like, I just saw you. <laughs> he says, we're going to start tithing. We're going to join a life group. We're going to start serving this weekend. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, all right, let's do it. All game. literally lost my breath because that, that was a big step, right? Because I had been pushing it for so long. But um, we knew we needed to do it. Um, we, knew, we knew we needed community, yeah. and so we took that leap.
1: So you guys have shared a little bit your story. And actually, my wife and I had a real similar story. What was your experience when you first walked into Life Group that first week, right? Again, we've already said it's kind of intimidating to walk into that scenario. But what was your thoughts and what was your experience with that?
3: I love you guys. But my first thought was, (laughs) 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 these are not my people. Yeah, And it wasn't because. They're any different than me, other than the fact that they're, some of them are older.
4: Much older. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they were wiser, uh, more mature in their walk with Christ, though I thought, right? We're all different. Um, and I, we, we got in the car, and, I, and we had a great conversation. Everything was perfect. But we got in the car, and I said, well, so we're not coming back, right? And Rob says, oh, yeah, we are. And so it's evolved, and it's been amazing, and I'm so glad we went back, but it was, it was, it was hard. It was yeah. hard. I mean, there were a lot of people in that room and, and trying to understand everybody's personality and all the walks of life. I mean, it was, it was hard to plug in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not always an easy thing. And like we said, it is an intimidating situation. So that was your experience to start. So what have you found now, right? Some time's gone by. You, you've committed to it, obviously, because you've been there almost two years. And all of this has happened. So, what would you say now, looking back at the whole experience?
4: Um, looking back, I mean, the, one of the biggest, I guess, breakthroughs for, for myself personally was um, it, it, it. And Tony and Karen touched on it was the the power of not only fellowship and community, but the, the power of prayer in mm-hmm. fellowship and community. Yeah, I was one of those guys for my whole life. I didn't pray about the little things, right? God doesn't want to hear my little prayers. He doesn't have time to listen. to. I don't need to pray about every little thing that goes wrong in my day. And you should meet some of the people in our life group. They're great, great support systems. Um, and, and, like, they talked about the thread going off. But you, you talk about the, the, the power in that. I've seen some stuff happen, miracles. Yeah. I mean, stuff that's breakthrough, whether big or small. And it just man, it gives you chills. Yeah. And and that's really what God intended was for us to to be together in prayer, to be get, together in faith. Um, so we've grown way more than anyone anyone would have on their own. Um, and that that's been huge to me, you know. I, I've you know not having many role models going into that life group, and now there's countless men. There's multiple guys I look up to in that group. I, I leave. Karen and Tony's house probably every week going man I hope I'm that good of a dad yeah I hope I'm that good of a husband right and not not in supporting financially not in um being able to give them things but being able to be a Christ follower and a leader of my household and do what God intended for us to do so it's just huge breakthrough in our in our group
3: And I'd like to add to that, too, and and just kind of talk about the women. I mean, this year has been a lot of firsts for us. Being new parents, I took a new job or a new position within my company that has me traveling almost about every other other week. And it's been tough. And, you know, us women have kind of got our own group thing going. And, you know, they have been there to pick me up off the floor, um, literally just in tears, just not knowing how I was going to make it through the next day when making such – new decisions in our lives and and things weren't always easy with Rob and I either because there was so much new and we've been through so much stuff and um, I couldn't do it without these women. And so I'm thankful for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's been really cool just watching and we, we've became pretty good friends, but watching this support and like what you guys have been able to learn with your first kid um, from people that have kids out of the house or, or like the Dotsons have four Uh, And um, it's just, it's really cool to see that support come from that. It really is. Kind of in wrapping up with your story, what would you say to people in the room that um, for whatever reason, maybe they're not sure about getting in a life group?
4: I'd say, uh, you you know, us sitting up here and talking about our life group, um, it it sounds great, right? But joining a life group does not make life easier. It it really doesn't. doesn't. The hardships that, in fact, I, I was talking to Elizabeth about this the other day. I, I think we've, we've had more hardships in our life over the last couple of years since we joined our life group. So life's gotten harder. What's gotten easier is being able to get through those hardships. Yeah. It's going, man, you're waking up and going, you know, this sucks. But then you get that text message. You get that phone call. And you go, wow, someone was thinking about that. Someone was thinking about me. Someone was thinking about what I'm going through. Or you doing it for someone. And, and just that little pick-me-up. Um, getting through life together is, is huge. So don't think that a life group's going to make life easier. It's just going to help you. It's going to help you get through the stuff that you are not intended to get through on your own. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So good. So good. Well, y'all thank you so much for sharing. Y'all get, let's give Robin Elizabeth a hand. You know, my hope And the reason I wanted them to come share, and and we could sit here and I could have every single couple in our group. And many of you that have a community and a life group like what we've shared with today. Um, And we could sit here and we could talk about this and we could talk about this and we could talk about this. But here's the reality. And I loved what Rob said. You... It's not that it makes life easier, but it makes what happens in life easier to deal with, easier to walk through when you have that community and you have those people in your life. Because here's the reality, you need people to cry with, right? You do. You need people to laugh with. You need people to celebrate all the highs and the lows with. And if you don't have that, this is a great opportunity for you to get out there, for you to find that. Because here's the deal. God uses other people to grow us and he uses us to grow other people. Right? So not only when you don't step out and get in community, right, not only can someone not speak into your life, but you're robbing yourself from being able to speak into someone else's life with what you've walked through, with what you're experiencing. And I don't care if you have been a Christ follower your whole life, or this is your very first day, or you've never given your life to Christ. Each and every one of you have something to speak into someone else. That's what's beautiful about a church like this and about the rose, and about coming in on a weekend of services. But here's the deal. You have to commit to finding your people like you mean it. You do. You gotta commit to it. You gotta commit to finding your people. For real. You gotta fight for it. You have to literally walk in and go, I'm going to commit to this. I'm gonna do everything that I can to get in and to get in that community. Because you don't know what you need until you Right, like Rob shared, it's been a tough couple years, but their situation and where they would be at if they didn't have that might be a totally different place than sitting on this stage, sharing their story. On your seat, grab that square card that was on your seat. Don't stick it in the pocket in front of you. I know how it goes. Take that card. Whether it's sitting here as soon as we dismiss service or you walk out and you sit in your car, go to that link. Look through that life group directory. Find a life group to get connected in. Find your people. Find your people to do life group. You have to commit to it like you mean it. Because if you don't, if you don't, you're gonna find yourself in a place wishing you did, but it's too little, too late. This is a great opportunity for you to grow in your relationship with Christ. And I would just say like, if you listen to anything at all that we say from this stage, next to giving your life to Christ, I would say this has the potential to impact your life unlike anything else you could possibly do in your life. There's so much that could come out of it. Would you bow your heads with me? God, I pray for every single person in this place, Father, no matter what brings them into this room tonight. God, whether they are in town visiting or Father, maybe they live a long ways away and they're here with friends tonight. Father, whatever it may be, but I pray that you would let this word, let the the stories that were shared really sink into their life, God, that you would help it to impact their life, God, that it would motivate them to get out and to find that relationship that you've designed them to have with other Christians that can spur them on, that can push them on to more of you, that can make a difference, not just in their life, but where you can use them to make a life in the difference uh, or or use them to make a difference in the lives of the people that they're interacting with. God, I pray blessing over every single person here, Father. I pray that you would give them the strength, that you would give them the courage to step out. Yes, and sometimes into an intimidating atmosphere, but God, that the results that would come from that would be so much connection, so much life change. and, And God, just people that would lift them up when they need it the most. That is in Jesus' name that we ask these things. And everybody said, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.